This is the Doc Buddy Journal, and I'm your host, Eric Sunset. Thank you for joining us, and welcome if this is your first time. We're glad to have you here. It's still National ASC Month, so for everybody who's celebrating, we wish you a joyous National ASC Month season. We're still celebrating here at Doc Buddy. Of course, this episode is brought to you by our OpNote solution which enables instant operative report generation from the point of care with images and signatures moments after the procedure ends. Surgeons love the convenience and simplicity of OpNotes and their billing teams love the elimination of the signature chase and the accelerated revenue cycle uh, due to instant signatures means claims can be submitted the day the procedure was performed. For more info, visit docbuddy.com. So we'll, of course, be continuing our National ASC Month celebration all month long. Uh, But for today, we're going to change gears just a little bit because it is that time of year once again where Medical Economics releases its annual physician report. So it's giving us the latest physician salary, productivity, and malpractice cost data. Of course, we will have the link to the study in the episode description. It'll also be available right there on DocBuddy.com, where we host all of our podcasts. So let's dive in. There's some interesting little nuggets here. We're not going to go line by line, word for word through the medical economics report, but we are going to pull out some of the juicy nuggets here uh, that pertain both to workflow, to burnouts, to all the things DocBuddy helps physicians and their organizations with. So let's start. Uh, with the reason that we're not all laying around on a beach, and that is finances. Why finances improved or worsened in the last year? And just to be clear, we're talking about the newest release of this study for medical economics, but it is looking at the prior year, which is 2022. Some of the top reasons that finances improved uh, in that year was being able to see more patients increased revenue from telehealth, receiving pay for performance incentives, change in practice models or renegotiated payer contracts coming in at number five. Some of the other reasons for improvement, um, and this one's kind of interesting, being a former revenue cycle guy myself, change in billing service, physician association, uh, joining hospital network, an increase in referrals, reduced staff, cutting employee hours, or opening new locations. So let's look at a couple of these things against the macro lens of the post-COVID uh, sort of world and reality that we live in. Reduced staff. Now, that is potentially a good thing if you were actually overstaffed. Um, and then cutting employee hours, you know, if you were, again, overstaffed and were able to optimize and save a couple of bucks that way, that's a good thing. You don't want to be spending money for nothing. But in this post-COVID reality that we live in, we're talking about reducing staff headcount where you have a really tough time to hire anybody new, even when the bar is so low as to simply have a pulse and be able to take direction. And then cutting employee hours Um, Hopefully that is just because you didn't have as much to do, but when you look at that in the macro sense of not having as much to do as you did previously, does that really mean your finances improved or are you saving uh, pennies at the expense of pounds, right? 
Uh, so food for thought there. Then top reasons things got worse, top reasons that finances did not improve or worse uh, became worse in 2022, higher overhead, so staff costs, rent slash mortgage, and so forth. Yeah, that seems to make sense. You know, even where that hiring bar is really low of have a pulse and take direction. And obviously you want to do, you know, you want to strive for better than that uh, as a medical organization. Uh, but these are interesting times. So you are having to pay more for staff, uh, both to hire new ones and to retain the ones you've got. And then rent and mortgage. You've seen the broad macroeconomic news. Uh, on the news, if you're paying attention, and costs are going up. Costs are increasing more than they should. Uh, the next reason, more time spent on uncompensated tasks. And I really, really wish our friends at Medical Economics had gone deeper on this point. This is the number two reason finances got worse uh, last year. More time spent on uncompensated tasks. We know that physicians are spending two-thirds, as much as two-thirds of their time on administrative or otherwise bureaucratic tasks that are not a revenue-generating activity. Here we have it straight from the horse's mouth. The reason I, as a physician, did not get paid how I wanted to last year is because I was spending too much of my time on uncompensated tasks. Pair that with lower reimbursement as number three reason finances got worse last year. And the number four reason lost revenue uh, and slash increased expenses due to COVID-19 and then higher technology costs. Yeah, that's a perfect storm to be making less money. So yeah, your costs increase overall. You're spending more time on uncompensated tasks. And the, the better way to look at that, I think that's the negative view. The positive view be a revenue generating activity. And you're either spending time on RGAs, revenue generating activities, or you're not. Uh, so more time spent not on revenue generating activities, lower reimbursement. There's not a whole lot you can do about that day over day, month over month, but year over year, you can get involved with your uh, political action committee, your PAC, your state association, your uh, national association for your specialty and ensure that your voice is heard on Capitol Hill. Um, and then lost revenue, uh, and increased expenses due to COVID-19. You know, we're, we're talking about the year 2022. So, you know, that seems like a long time ago that we were going through the pandemic and probably even longer ago for those, depending on where you live, I can speak to the state of Florida. Didn't really feel like we had a, a pandemic uh, after July of 2020. So, you know, going back quite a ways there. Uh, but that is a reason respondents said that finances got worse, was that lost revenue, increased expenses due to COVID, and then higher technology costs. You know, and inflation is a way to keep the economy growing. You know, that's why we have a Federal Reserve and uh, people that determine these types of markers. So a little bit of inflation is good because it keeps everybody hungry and wanting to do better, but we're, we're dealing with inflation beyond what's good for the growth of an economy, as I think we're all experiencing at the gas pump, uh, at the grocery store, uh, what have you, but that trickles down to higher technology costs. So even vendors feeling the crunch and needing to raise the price of their software. Um, although Doc Buddy's withheld from that part of the conversation because we are able to keep our costs flat for our users. 
So a couple other reasons things got worse financially as reported by the respondents to the medical economics survey. The practice was sold to a poorly run group. Ouch. That doesn't feel good. Things are going fine. Your group sells. And the next thing you know, uh, not all the boxes are getting checked as they should. Next reasons, physicians left the practice, decreased hours, unable to hire needed clinical slash support staff. Yep, we know that's true. Uh, we've seen that even pre-COVID, but especially post-COVID, that has been really tough on medical organizations. New contracts, decreased pay, issues with EHR software and systems, loss of payer contracts, credentialing delays, and corporate mismanagement. So the credentialing delay piece of this, as your former revenue cycle guy, uh, both medical and dental, if you believe that, you know, it, it's really easy to talk about the part of the revenue cycle that happens when a patient walks through the door, you render service, and then they leave. Uh, but none of that is going to matter if you are not credentialed uh, with the payer with which that patient is enrolled. Um, you must be credentialed. The other side of that, obviously, is facility privileging. A little bit different animal, but same, same, but different. But that credentialing piece, that is the lowest bar to clear uh, to receive insurance reimbursement as part of your revenue cycle. So that's a quick look there. We might have waxed a little poetic on these, uh, but just to recap, the top reasons finances improved, we're seeing more patients, telehealth visits, paper for pay for performance incentives, a change in practice model and renegotiated payer contracts. Top reasons things got worse, higher overhead, more time on uncomped tasks or non-revenue generating activities. Thank you very much. Lower reimbursement, lost revenue due to COVID and higher technology costs. So changing gears just a little bit to the top 10 issues facing physicians. Um, here we go. Let's just go down in order. The burden of paperwork and quality metrics. I would imagine paperwork also pertains to EHR checkboxes, right? Like that is paperwork in a way, especially when you pair it with quality metrics. Third-party interference is the number two of 10 issues facing physicians. Third-party interference being something like a prior authorization. Inadequate reimbursement is next. Burnout or work-life balance follows. Lack of staffing, and that has become a more important issue year over year. EHRs at number six is slightly less important this year than last. Non-physician providers gaining practice and prescribing independence is the number seven issue facing physicians. We're going to come back to that because I have thoughts, obviously. Uh, but lack of trust in healthcare institutions and lack of trust in healthcare medical knowledge comes at number eight. Recruiting young physicians is down, and then malpractice and tort reform is down at number ten. So a couple of couple of callouts here: uh, the burden of paperwork and quality metrics coming in at number one. That is what it is. Look, you're, you're living in a world where CMS gets to dictate uh, how medicine is practiced, essentially across the board. They need quality metrics, and guess what? That means you're going to be giving them quality metrics. Burnout, work-life balance, I think is closely tied in here. 
from what we hear from physicians prior to their use of DocBuddy and what you see in the data, what you see in the news, that physicians are burned out because they're spending so much of their time in their softwares, completing charts, making sure all the boxes are checked, all the pick lists are properly assigned for those quality metrics, or even at a more, you know, a, a lower bar to clear, being sure that their charts are complete so that they can submit the claim to billing for insurance. Uh, number six, again, EHRs very closely tied together here. The number one issue, four, six, and uh, I guess it's just one, four, and six, but really these are all one and the same. So burden of paperwork, work-life balance, slash burnout, and then EHRs. So three of the top 10 are essentially the same thing being called by different names. And as we know, a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. Um, but when you look at some of these other items on the list, um, the lack of staffing is huge. This speaks to me in a way that is a little less optimizing your HR and a little more optimizing your workflows. Because if you know the hiring landscape is really tough and that you're going to have a really hard time uh, hiring anybody for any type of a role, you need to be doing the absolute most that you can with uh, as little as you have. So that is to say, or better put, you need to be looking to technology to automate workflows. You need to be looking to technology to take the burden of manual labor off of your staff, or you're going to remain, and this is in air quotes, which you can't see, short-staffed uh, for the duration for as long as you're in practice. If you're doing things the manual way, that's the hard way. That's the old way. You need to be looking to technology to automate workflows uh, to be able to take that burden away from a human FTE and just let a software handle it for you. We've talked about that at great length uh, as part of our burnout discussions, as part of our unable to hire discussions. I invite you to check out our catalog of podcasts for a little bit more information there since we're uh, going to end up beating a dead horse uh, if we go down that path. Uh, but then when you look at recruiting young physicians as a top issue facing physicians paired with non-physician providers gaining practice uh, slash prescribing independence, guess what? There is a cataclysm coming where we are not going to have enough physicians in the U.S. in the next handful of years to service all of the patients that need care. We're already seeing the crunch. You've already heard me say that I'm waiting, still waiting, seven or eight months just for an annual well check, just for an annual physical. That's how long it's going to take me to do it. And I live in Miami where we got a ton of people and a ton of physicians. What happens to you in middle America when there are way fewer people, way fewer physicians? What is that going to do for your wait time? It's going to be bad. So is it really an issue for physicians that non-physician providers are gaining practice and e-prescribing independence? Oh, it may feel that way. It may feel that way as a threat to their to their individual finances, but guess what? There is no choice. There is no choice because of this cataclysm of burnout, because of the shortage of physicians that's coming down the pike. It is on the horizon and it is going to happen. One of the ways you circumvent that is by granting e-prescribe or prescribing uh, privileges to non-physician providers and then recruiting young physicians as, uh, as the other top 10 issue. That's the only other thing you can do. We need to get more people into the machine, more people into the system, 
And by that, I mean more people interested in practicing medicine uh, as a way to get this pipeline full so that we're not in the situation where we're having a shortage of physicians. But the other side of that is we need to keep everybody who's currently practicing, practicing for as long as possible. How do you do that? You need to remove their feelings of burnout. Well, how do you do that? You need to get rid of some of the pain they feel through their EHR. Well, how do you do that? Glad you asked. DocBuddy is a great place to start, but it's also being smarter about the deployment of the technology at your practice. Couple final thoughts here on the top 10 issues facing physicians per medical economics. Two thirds of practices said the top reason finances struggled in 2022 was higher overhead costs, including staff costs and rent and mortgage. That about half of physicians had an ownership stake in their practice in 2022, which was an increase over 2021. So one final, uh, not quite a final nugget, we got one, two more thoughts here uh, from this medical economics study, which we love and appreciate. And of course, we'll have the link to the show, link to the survey for you in the show notes. This is off of their productivity page. Uh, and this is a medical lifestyle question. If you could go back in time and choose your career again, what would you do? So this comes back to our, our cataclysm and so casual, right? Oh, we got a cataclysm coming, but it's, it's happening in slow motion. You can already see it. Um, you know, you need, you need the broader macro system to do something here to keep providers practicing and to get more people into the profession at the same time. So there's a, they split out their response by men and women. So if you could go back in time and choose your career again, would you choose the same specialty? And 57% of men said yes. 56% of women said yes. Would you choose a different specialty? And it's a call it 20% on, on both sides. So 20% of men and about 20% of women would pick a different specialty. And then again, let's use our 20% here to keep this nice and neat. 20% of men would pick a different career altogether, and so would 20% of women would pick a different career altogether. So one out of five physicians that responded to this survey would pick a different career than being a doctor. And can you blame them? They're some of the most burned out folks in the United States uh, uh, economy as being a physician, and only one out of five would pick a different uh, career. And then the balance here that would prefer not to answer, you know, about 5% or so for both men and for women. So pretty tight alignment between men, male and female physicians in this particular response. Um, one thing that's interesting is that this Q&A doesn't address retiring early. So you're assumedly speaking only to those that are still practicing and not anybody that has recently retired. It would be fantastic to get a little glimpse into, I plan to retire in the next X amount of years um, and see how that impacts the findings here. Because I think it paints a little too rosy of a picture that 57% would pick the same specialty for men and 56% for women. And then 23 and 19% would just pick a different specialty. So that's like three quarters plus of, um, of respondents would still stay in medicine. Uh, so maybe a little, a little selection bias in the survey. She can't escape that. It just is what it is. But I think that paints a little too rosy of a picture. So with that, 
Um, we've exhausted all of our thoughts on this fantastic Medical Economics 2023 Physician Reports. You can see the key issues and the key financial issues that physicians and their practices are still facing. You know, they haven't really changed, not materially since before COVID at least. These issues can primarily be addressed with workflow. And we would love to talk to you about your workflows at your practice at your surgery center, what you're doing about on-call visits. To get a little bit better idea of what we're talking about, we'll point you to docbuddy.com. You can take a look at our solutions on the main menu there. And then from there, I'd encourage you to fill out the form on the Contact Us page so we can get in touch, get you a value assessment put together for what you're doing today versus what you could be doing with DocBuddy. And with DocBuddy, of course, you can create and access and move data directly from the point of care. Very different from those in the legacy health IT space. So again, docbuddy.com, get in touch with us so we can set up a complimentary value assessment and demonstration for you and your organization. Be sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or both so that you always get the newest episodes of the Doc Buddy Journal. And until next time, this has been your host, Eric Sunset. On behalf of the entire Doc Buddy organization, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.